Welcome to Lake Mount Worship Center, connecting you to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed and inspired by today's message. Well, good morning, Lake Mount. So great to be here this morning, and uh, I'm very thankful to Pastors Matt and Lisa Tapley for uh, giving me this uh, honor and privilege of, of preaching. I guess I was a pastor for 35 years. I know how jealously pastors guard their pulpit. And not everyone gets a chance to stand where you're standing all the time. And it's a double honor to be able to bring the word in our home church right now. And, um, and I'm, I get a little emotional thinking about it because um, um, in the Niagara region, uh, when I was pastoring, you know, you know, you get to meet a lot of pastors you become, you know, ministry colleagues with them. You become friends with them. And, uh, and, and once we started knowing about Lake Mount, which, by the way, actually happened through our son, Satya, uh, the one that's speaking on Saturday. That's the fruit of these loins, okay? All right? And so, <laughs> so Satya was invited to come to something on a Monday night called Encounter. Anybody remember those days? Yes. So, so that's how we started developing a greater connection uh, you know, with, with Lake Mount through our son at that point, and then a number of years later, uh, another son, who some of you might know, his name is Jaya Sam. Uh, he used to do the announcements once in a while on video, okay? And uh, Jaya started connecting with uh, now Lake Mount young adults, uh, and actually, you know, God, God brought him and, uh, and Rachel uh, together at Lake Mount Young Adults. Hello? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So, so Lake Mount plays a very special uh, part in our life. And, and so because I was pastoring in those days, I, I could not come on a Sunday morning, you know, because I really wanted to come. I'd heard so many good things. So I would sneak into something called the Moore service once in a while, okay? So I had somebody, I had a secret spy here who would let me know when the Moore services were held. Because in those days, the Moore services were not publicized outside of Lake Mount. Isn't that true? Yeah, yeah. And so, so I came and, uh, you know... Uh, just really began to catch the heart of God that was present in this place, and especially that was evident, you know, in Pastor Matt. Uh, and then I got connected with uh, Pastor Ruth Tickle uh, and heard about Sozo ministry and the churches I was pastoring. We felt a burden to start Sozo at the, there at that point. And so, so the Lake Mount team came and helped us get started. Both Slojan and I are trained, you know, Sozo ministers. Uh, it, like, do you see the connection, you know, with, with Lake Mount, how God brought that together? And, and so when, when I retired uh, after the 35-plus years of service uh, in 2017 at the end, you know, for a year, Sloja and I were kind of wandering, you know, nomads from church to church. <laughs> we came here probably more than any other church, and in January of 2018, uh, the Lord said, this is, is your home from now on. And, and I, I actually, I, I remember giving this a lot of thought and prayer, and the Lord basically said, you know what, you have many friends in ministry, but there's only one to whom you can submit yourself as pastor right now, and that is Matt Tapley. And so at that point, it was, it was sealed, it was done, and so, so we're, we're very excited uh, that uh, Sloan and I get to sit here just like you all, Sunday after Sunday. And, and watch what God is doing, experience what God is doing, receive what God is releasing uh, in word and in spirit uh, through our, our pastors. So friends, are we not blessed to have pastors Matt and Lisa in our lives? Yes, 
All right. So before I launch into the word this morning, I just had a few words of knowledge, and if any of these apply to you, I want you to take it. Um, the Lord told me there's someone named Samuel who is taking a business trip to the U.S. this week, and you're a little nervous about it, and the Lord says, don't be, because I've, I've got everything taken care of for you. I also sense that somebody else has been contemplating a trip to Turkey and, and is waiting for confirmation, and this is it. You can go, all right? And also, um, the, the Lord actually kept me awake uh, early this morning and gave me this word. It's a serious word, uh, but I felt like I need to release it. And the picture I got was of a man who was praying shortly after midnight this morning. And he said to the Lord, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I feel like I have no choice. And the word of the Lord to you is, don't leave your spouse. So if, if that is for you, then you know, please take it in the spirit in which it was released. Um, and I also felt like um, you know, there's a healing grace this morning for anybody who has problems with their feet. Does anyone have problems with their feet, especially in the soles of your feet, where when you put some weight on it, it's, it hurts? Can I just have you stand very quickly, if that is you? If you have problems in the soles of your feet or anywhere in your feet, Okay, here, again, you, you have to take what the Lord says to do. Uh, what he told me to ask you to do, all of you to do, is to actually stomp your feet. And that's what you're going to do for your healing. Okay, so just stomp your feet, receive your healing. Come on, come on. Friends, let's stretch our hands towards them. Let's, friends, let's stretch our hands towards those who are standing. If, anybody, if you're sitting close to somebody, just lay your hands on them. And, and if you stomped your feet and you actually noticed a change, just, just wave wildly. Oh, oh, wave wildly. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what? I'm sensing a healing wave right here, right, uh, here right now. So anybody with any healing need, just, just stand up where you are right now. Just stand up right now if you have any healing need at all. And if you see someone standing beside you, just, uh, just gently lay your hands on them or, or just stretch your hands out towards them. Lord, we thank you. You know, Scripture says, you know, the, the presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord was present to heal. And that's what I'm sensing about this moment. So, Lord, we thank you for your healing virtue that is flowing out of you right now. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you are touching. Thank you that you're touching knees. If you, if you have a problem with your knees, just, just bend them. Bend them a little bit right now. Do, do a prophetic act. Pro, pro, receive the healing by doing something that might have hurt you otherwise. If it's your hips, smooth them a little bit. If, you, you may want to just squat a little bit if that's where the problem is. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing some frozen shoulders. If, if that's you, just receive that. Put your hand on your shoulder and receive that, receive that healing right now in Jesus' name. And as a sign that you're receiving it, I just want you to make this declaration after me. Just repeat after me, please. My healing belongs to me. Because of what Jesus has done, by his stripes I am healed. I receive my healing now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, give Jesus the glory. And send your testimonies to Jacob afterwards. All right. Well, uh, uh, Pastor Matt and I had a, a quick conversation when he uh, called me and invited me to release, 
uh, preach the word this morning. And I felt like I needed to share a part of my story um, with you today uh, because I, I believe there are some points of connection for uh, many of you who are here or uh, watching online. So in the 22nd year of ordained ministry, the Holy Spirit became real to me. Martha, did he just say that? He spent 21 years of pastoring before the Holy Spirit became real to him? Yes, it's possible. <laughs> and there are maybe some pastors watching that needed to hear that this morning. Don't get me wrong, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I bless people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I acknowledged him as part of the Trinity, but I did not experience him as a person of the Godhead, if, if that makes sense to you. So 2004 came along. It was a tough year of ministry for me. And uh, one of my uh, colleagues in the United Church, you know, just where, where I was ordained and, and served for those 35 plus years, invited me to a meeting of pastors in a church in Burlington. And so, so I went to that uh, meeting, and he said, you know, it's going to be a time of prayer and Bible study. And I thought, you know, at this stage, when I'm beating my head against the wall in ministry, a little bit of prayer and Bible study is not going to hurt. So I'll go. So I have a very good attitude as you're, as you're gathering, right? <laughs> so I went, and he said, you know, there's this pastor coming down from Toronto. His name is Steve Long. He pastors the, pastors the church called you know, TSCF, Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship, and he might as well speak speaking Swahili to me because I didn't know anything about anything, anybody. And there's, you know, Steve Long shows up, and I'm a little offended because he's supposed to be a big speaker and he's wearing like glorified T-shirt. And he opens up this Bible, and he's just teaching some very basic stuff. You know, he's saying, you know, uh, uh, friends, and, and he knew that many of us were newbies, many of us were from the uh, mainline denominations, uh, such as the United Church, and he said, you know, Luke 3.22, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, uh, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And then let's turn to Acts chapter 10, you know, uh, 36 to 38, and he's, you know, he reads about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, and, and he paused, and he said, if the Holy Spirit has come upon you, then you can do the works that Jesus did. And I thought, yeah, I know that. I've preached on these passages for crying out loud. But at that moment, something happened. Information became revelation. And revelation always leads to transformation when it is received. And that's what happened that morning. See, the word dropped into my spirit in such a powerful way. The same words that I had read many, many years ago, or many, many uh, times, all of a sudden became mine. And so now that the, the teaching had, uh, was completed, now it's time, it's time to move into prayer which is another main thing I came for. And so this time, this prayer was happening in a very different way than I was used to. Because I used to corporate prayer, one person standing up and praying. But we, we all gathered in a room, like the size of a Sunday school room. We're all lined up against the wall. 
because there was no room for everyone to sit, except one person was sitting down, and, 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 and Pastor Steve Long and two other friends of mine uh, from the United Church, they came around and they said, we're going to pray for each of you individually. I thought, well, that's kind of odd. You know, in a group setting, that doesn't happen too often in my, in my denomination. And so they started praying for each other, and they came to the lady who was sitting in a chair, and they said, why are you sitting? And she said, uh, uh, my, my back is so sore that, that I cannot stand. And so they said, okay, we'll pray for you. And I could swear, could have sworn that they actually had a glint in their eye when they heard that she had a problem. <laughs> it's like, bring it on, Jesus. Okay. And so, uh, so they started praying for her, and, and one of my colleagues, Drew, says, hmm, I'm seeing a picture of a three-year-old girl in a red dress running out from the back of her house towards what looks like a pond. Does that mean anything to you? And she starts bawling. And she said, you just described one of the you know, most painful days of my life, and so and it had to do with my father, and they said, have you forgiven your father? And she said, um, yeah, I think I, I think I have. They said, no, you haven't forgiven her. Okay. Repeat this after me. I choose to forgive my father, da, da, da. And they said, now get up. And she got up. And her back pain was gone. And she's just going up and down. She's dancing around the room. And I'm standing way over here saying, that's Holy Spirit? I've never seen that happen before. I know, you know, Benny Hinn can say, touch. And, and then healing can happen from stage, but right in front of my own eyes, the Holy Spirit was getting my attention. And so then when, when, when they came to, came to me, you know, they, they prayed and I felt some peace and so on. But then Pastor Steve said, you know what, you all need to come to a pastors and leaders conference that's happening at our church in a couple of months time. So of course, you know, like I was there uh, with bells on and, and a suit jacket, which I realized didn't actually fit in that setting after a while. <laughs> And John Carroll Arnott, you know, were, were the opening speakers. And, and, and John started to flow in words of knowledge. And, and people started, you know, not just coming to the stage, but they're all getting healed. And they're crying. And it, it was very noisy, by the way, very boisterous. Okay. I thought, I thought, you know, like, who's in control here? Okay. And then I heard a voice saying, I'm the Holy Spirit and I'm in control. Oh, okay, Lord, that's good with me. Okay. All right. So... Like, this is like the, the room in Burlington on steroids. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, something is happening here. How come, you know, I've never seen this before? How come I haven't heard of this happening before? And so, they, 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 they basically, you know, gave us some space to just reflect on what was going on. And in that space, I said, Holy Spirit, why is this not happening in my church? And the answer he gave me uh, was what I would call a Matt Zinger. Do you know what a Matt Zinger is? That's when Pastor Matt drops a truth bomb, and you're mad at him, and you look up, and he goes... You just took a gut punch, but you can't get mad because of that boyish grin. And that's what the Holy Spirit did to me that day. 
the holy spirit said you are not hungry enough and 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 and, and, and i could not refute that you know i i i made some protests you know lord i've 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 spent a lot of time with you you know i prepared over a thousand sermons by this time and he says no 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 you're still not hungry enough and so i had to change my prayer from lord use me as you will to lord make me more hungry for more of you because that's one area in which i have not been diligent and you know what you got you got to be careful what you pray for because you'll get it so the next morning you know i, I go to the conference it's a three or four day conference and there were uh, three main speakers uh, that that particular year uh, if you add up all their ages it would have been very close to methusala <laughs> i was in my 40s so they looked ancient to me they were probably my age you know 65 something like that okay and after you know one of them delivered a powerful word they said now we're going to have breakout sessions this afternoon and so uh breakout session leaders would you please come and tell everybody what's going to happen in your sessions so uh, i believe there were two that i can remember uh, one of them came up and said uh, you know uh, like we're going to teach you how to do the works that jesus did you know healing you know that, that all that all the kind of stuff and i thought that sounds really great and then another couple came up and they said uh, well uh, you know you come to our session uh, we're going to do we're going to actually set up there and we're going to sing you know over you and you're going to just lie down and and just uh, soak in god's presence and i'm thinking i paid 75 bucks to go lie down and sleep you know while some middle-aged couple sang with their guitar over me forget it man teach me the good stuff i'm going to go that workshop that's a no brainer so i go to the workshop on learning how to do the stuff and the speaker you know they said yeah you know we we this pretty well rehashed of what pastor steve said at that early meeting uh holy spirit don't about doing good healing blah 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 and they said well you know the the first way, the, the way that we learned how to do this was actually spend time in god's presence there was this middle aged couple that came with a guitar and sang over us and i'm like what that's how you learn to do the stuff so the next day they offered the same workshops again so guess where jiva was this time <laughs> and so you know i was staying in a hotel so i brought some pillows so i could make myself comfortable because it was about 90 minutes of non-stop soaking so i just lay down and of course i couldn't really focus right off the bat which which happens when you first start you know, spending quiet time with god and but they, but they had prepared us for it. like bring a note note paper and pencil and write down you know anything that comes to your distractions and so on so i was ready for it and you know i just kind of in in some ways i was just going through the motions because i had an ulterior motive for being there i had to learn how to soak before i could do the stuff so i'm going to do this so i can go do the stuff that's that, that that's my very utilitarian approach to soaking that day and you know so you know they started playing and singing and uh, pretty soon i noticed that soaking turned to snorking 
okay uh, but, but you know but they, but they actually they heard that and they said don't worry about the people who are snoring because god can work through your sleep time too okay perfect so I was just laughing because she's heard me snorking many times on our couch okay. <laughs> So after the session, I, I did feel like something was going on, but honestly, there was no vis great visible change. Uh, and in those days, you know, they sold soaking CDs. Anybody remember CDs? Okay. And the cassette tapes were on sale, so I picked up the cassette tapes. You know, picking things up on sale is a very Indian thing to do, by the way. Okay. <laughs> so I came home, stuck them in my cassette player, and, and basically, you know, would lay down on our living room couch and I, I would set the timer because it's like I have to soak for at least an hour. And so I'm going to set the timer and I'm going to do it. Well, friends, you know what happened? As I kept on doing this, even though in the beginning I was not really doing it with a very willing heart, you know, and a loving spirit, there was a change that started to happen inside of me. I had no idea what was happening. That, that it was happening. So one day, uh, you know, we were going for a drive. The boys were home at the time. And so we come to an intersection. I'm making a left turn, and a driver cuts me off, which happens in St. Catharines from time to time. I don't know if it happens in Grimsby or not. And, I, you know, so I turned, and the boy said, Dad, you didn't say anything. I'm thinking, yeah, I didn't say anything. Normally, I would have said something. Okay, can I give, give you a little flashback? So when our daughter Priya was, was very little, and Slodin was working uh, from outside of the ho home uh, for, a, for a short season, and so I used to take Priya with me, you know, in, at, in a car and go pick her up. And so one day we're, uh, we're driving, I picked up uh, Slodin and we're coming back, and a driver cut me off. And from the back seat came this voice, idiot. And Slojna said, she didn't learn that on her own. <laughs> so so that's, that's just, I, I didn't have road rage, I had road upset. Okay? <clears throat> and so when the boy said, Dad, you didn't say anything, they were expecting me to say at least, you know, the, the idiot word, which is as strong as I got, by the way, okay? Don't, don't, don't imagine anything else, okay? And I thought, yeah, that's unusual. And all of a sudden, I got a little flash. Holy Spirit said, you've been soaking, haven't you? I said, ah. So you've been doing something to me while I was doing that. And friends, that's when I began to realize that when you just stay in God's presence for an extended period of time, he can do something for you that you cannot do for yourself. So, you know what? If you're going to anger management classes, that's good. You learn a few things. But add spending time in God's presence to it, and you'll notice how quickly the change happens, and it lasts. This morning, actually, a truck sped into the QW into my lane, and you know what? I didn't say anything. <laughs> See, and the sermon title this morning is Linger. And I realized that I was lingering in his presence 
And the more I lingered in his presence, the more a longing I had to linger in his presence. The more I lingered, the hungrier I got. It's really interesting this morning, you know, Pastor Becky and some of the songs that we sang, all focused on being more hungry for God. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to point something out. Um, okay, let me, let me go to the etymology of linger. The word linger actually comes from a, a word that means lengthen the time. Now, one of the dictionary definitions is stay in a place longer than necessary because of a reluctance to leave. Be slow in parting. Stay in a place longer than necessary because of a reluctance to leave. Anybody had house guests that lingered? <laughs> you kept on dropping hints, but they weren't picking it up. Well, this is the positive lingering that we're talking about. You know, where you may have to leave and you may want to leave, but you, do, but you don't. Because in a sense, you cannot. You know, there, there's, uh, there's a great revival that began in, uh, in Asbury uh, very recently. And the hallmark, one of the hallmarks of that revival is lingering. Uh, I was listening to 100 Huntley Street just last week that said, yeah, you know, I went there as a pastor. I went there, I wanted to just stay there for an hour. And just to experience it, you know, to say that I was there and experienced it. And he said, eight and a half hours later, I still didn't want to leave. See, that is lingering. Friends, what's been happening in our church lately? What has Pastor Matt been doing? He has been inviting us to linger in his presence. And that's why, I think, was it last Sunday that, you know, like when we walked in for the second service, there were people still here, the worship team was still here, and nobody wanted to leave. And nobody asked them to leave. I, I hope you get the significance of that. <laughs> because I, I've been to places where you can linger, but after a while, you know, you've you, you got to leave because we've got to make room for more people to come. No. We had that total freedom to simply linger, to stay longer than necessary because of a reluctance to leave. You know, uh, Sroja and I were here for the second service, so, you know, we came up afterwards at the end of the second service, and, and I didn't want to leave. I just stood there. There was something that has already been built up here over the, over the years, by the way. Yeah, it is manifesting in a very different way right now. Okay? And, and when I, I'm standing there, I'm just feeling, this is so gentle. Yet it is so deep. And there was some kind of a cleansing that I was sensing the Holy Spirit was doing. The, the, the gentle, deep cleanser. I know that sounds like a product. but That's what the Holy Spirit's doing right now. But for Him to do His work, <laughs> what is He calling us to do? To linger. Now, some of you uh, here would, would know a time when in, in ch certain church circles... There was a, a word similar to linger that was used a lot, and that word is tarry, T-A-R-R-Y. As a matter of fact, if you read the, uh, the King James Version of the Bible, you'll find that occurring repeatedly. 
the story of the two disciples uh, on their way back to Emmaus. I'm just going to read you a couple of verses. Luke 24, 28. As they drew nigh unto the village, uh, whither they went, this is from the King James Bible, obviously, and he made as though he would have gone further, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And then Jesus says to the disciples later on in the same chapter, Luke 24, 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. What is Jesus asking his disciples to do? To linger with him. To be in anticipation, to wait with that anticipation of him. It is a time when you do nothing except be still. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. You know, there's a knowing that is at the head level, and there's a knowing that is way much deeper. You know, when the Bible says, Abraham knew Sarah and she conceived, it's not because, you know, he knew her address and, you know, what her favorite color was and food was. Amen? There was a deep, intimate knowing that then resulted in them producing a child together. And when we are still, even though, just, just like me, I knew the Bible at a head level. I knew the God of the Bible. I knew Jesus. I knew about the Holy Spirit. But when I decided to make the choice and linger in His presence, there was a knowing that started to happen. And, and friends, Jesus said something very interesting in, uh, in John 6, 44. You know, He said that the Father... Draws, no one comes to me unless the Father draws him unto himself. There's a drawing that the Father is doing where he's inviting us to enter into his heart. And that's when I made the connection that when you allow yourself to enter into the heart of the Father, then the Father releases something to you. That will come out as prophecy. That'll come out as words of knowledge. That'll come out as healing, as signs, wonders, and miracles. But you and I have a part to play. And that's why we also read in the book of James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So there's a drawing that happens whether we do anything or not. The father draws us. He woos us unto himself. But when we make the choice to draw near to him, he also draws nearer to us. You know, one of the things that Slojan and I, uh, you know, have been doing in this season is, is we call it marriage mentorship. We work with couples who are at the point of giving up on their marriage and get them back on track, you know, usually in a very short period. And when we started wondering about how do we go about doing that, we felt the Holy Spirit saying very strongly, the first thing you need to teach them how to do is stillness, to be still in my presence to soak in my presence, to linger with me. Because if they linger with me first, then they will want to linger with each other. Who? <laughs> but if they don't want to linger with me, they're going to try and do the hard work of what you're teaching them from a hard heart, and that is going to be very difficult. 
you can do a lot of hard work from a soft heart. But the softening of the heart is the work of the Holy Spirit. And friends, that's what was happening to me because, you know, I could, I could get angry very, very quickly. But there was a softening that the Holy Spirit did in my heart that all of a sudden I didn't even realize my heart was softened. See, this is the power of lingering in his presence. And, you know, there's the story of the, the transfiguration when Jesus took the three disciples with him to the mountain and, and the glory of God came and, and the cloud covered them. And you remember where Peter says, Lord, it is good to be here. How about I set up three booths? And sometimes, you know, we preachers, you know, it's like, ah, oh, Peter, you know, he just wanted to carry on an ecstatic experience and experiences, you know, life is not meant to be lived on the mountaintop. Life is meant to be lived on the plain where there are people waiting to be here. But the Holy Spirit said to me, did you realize that he wanted to linger in my presence? That's why he said that. It was not a fleshly desire because he had an experience of the holy that he had never experienced before and he wanted to stay there. Friends, to linger means we earnestly long to be there. The scripture that, um, that I want to just go through very quickly is Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42. And this is what happened when Jesus went to the home of Mary and Martha. And, and one of the things that I want to point out to you before we actually read the actual uh, verses is that Jesus is going to the home of his friends. Now, in, in John 11, Lazarus is described as Jesus' friend. And Lazarus' sisters are Mary and Martha. So Jesus is going to the home of his friends. And we don't know how that friendship developed. Uh, they must have spent some time together. They might have, must have lingered together somewhere for, them to, to call, for Jesus to call Lazarus his friend. But when he goes into that house, and Martha is busy preparing a meal, and Mary is sitting at his feet. What does Mary, uh, sorry, what does Martha do? Martha's upset. Because Lord, why, why, is she, why isn't she helping me? You tell her to come and help me right now. Because she's just sitting there. And what good is that doing for us? Are you going to get your dinner with her just sitting there? You may have to wait twice as long. But Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried about so many things. Mary has chosen the best part. And what did Mary do? Mary simply lingered in his presence. And Jesus commended that. And yes, you know, there are times when we need to cook and because we had to you know, make stuff and we had to eat and so on. But in that moment, what Jesus needed. Remember, he's on his way to Jerusalem where he's going to meet his death. In that moment, what he needed more than anything from a friend was one who would linger with him. And when Martha, Martha couldn't see it. And, and friends, can I tell you something? 
there will be people in your life, people who are very close to you, who will, who will not understand when they see you simply lingering, doing nothing. Especially if you are raised in a church tradition where you are always doing something. But if you always go do, 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 and no B, 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 then you might end up with a lot of double do's. Okay? Jesus calls us primarily to be with him. Can, can I look at one? Look, I'll show you one more verse. This is in Mark chapter 3. When Jesus calls his disciples. Mark chapter 3. Here's what Jesus, Jesus does. I'm reading from the... Passion Translation. So Jesus went up on a mountainside, called to himself the men he wanted to be his close companions, so they went up with him. He appointed the twelve whom he named apostles. Here's the verse. He wanted them to be continually at his side as his friends so that he could send them out to preach and have authority to heal the sick and to cast out demons. Jesus called the disciples. What was the number one assignment that he gave them? To be with him. And then, out of that being with him, out of that intimacy, out of that friendship, then he wanted them to go and preach and do the stuff. See, that's, that's what I learned in that workshop that day. Is first you need to be with him before you can go do the stuff because that's the way Jesus intended it right from the get-go. Now, did, did, did that actually work? Well, fast forward to the book of Acts, chapter 4. Here are Peter and John standing in front of the Sanhedrin and, 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 and they are just like dropping truth bomb after truth bomb. And here's what we read. When, when the Sanhedrin, when the people, the elders, they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Now the Passion Translation says, Then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. When You've been with Jesus, you will be like Jesus. It's as simple as that. And that is why I believe in this season, more than ever, when, when, when God is calling us to co-labor with him, to, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to shine the light of his love in a more powerful way uh, than ever before, the first thing that we need to do is to draw near to him, to be at his feet, to linger. Because you see, friends, Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants. I call you friends. And, and remember what, how he qualified that? He said, a servant, a slave, does not know what his master is doing. But essentially, this is my paraphrase, friends have no secrets between them. Friends want to be with each other. Friends linger with each other. Somebody, a text may come. I need you to come home right now. Uh, but I'm with my friend. <laughs> Can I stay a little bit longer? Thank you for listening to today's message. 
If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at lakebound.ca or download our app for your mobile device. 